Good morning, everyone. Welcome. My name is Susan Smith. I am a licensed Unity teacher. I serve in leadership here in this community. I actually think I have a time. I'm the vice president of the board. Wow, it's the most fancy title I've ever had here. We're not big titles anyway, but I do have that title. I am here as filling in for Reverend Mita Strauss. She is over in Joplin, Missouri today, and she is visiting her mentee probably for the last time until his ordination. So we are hoping and seeing good things for this visit for both of them and just doing very important work on building up the unity movement as a, he is a, uh, I can't think of his name right now, but he is in the field licensing program at Gordon. And so we see them having a good experience and her with that community and just a little bit of us there too. So that's a good thing. It is good to be here with you all this morning, and I'm going to actually start off today with a little story. We will get to our affirmation, never fear, but I want to kind of bring the affirmation a little bit into my talk today, so I'm going to get share a story with you. And I actually shared this story the first time I actually told the story to a group was when I was at Toastmasters, and I had to do a talk about a historical event. And this is what I came up with it, because it was important to me. So I remember the night, I think it was almost yesterday. I can close my eyes, I can touch it, I can feel it, I can just remember this whole experience. It was July 21st, I want to make sure I get the date right, 2007. It was 12.30 in the morning. I was driving home from work. I worked at Mervis at the time, at Broadway and Craycroft. I was driving east on Broadway. And there it was. I was driving by the Park Place Mall. Now the Park Place Mall was lit up like it was Christmas. 12.30 in the morning. There were cars all over. It was packed. I was drawn in as if to a magnet. I couldn't resist. I had to drive in and see the excitement, the enthusiasm. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I saw people coming out of the store. There was a bookstore there at the time. And they had little bags in their hands. They were as excited as I was at this historical day. What was in those bags? Some of you might be asking. Yes, they had it. The very, very final book in the Harry Potter series. I Book seven, Harry Potter and the, oh, I had the wrong one. It was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. They had that book in their little bag. Now you may say, well, Susan, why didn't you go in if you were so excited? Because my sister Sandy and I had made a pact. We were going to get these books together, and we were going to read them together. I did check out the, the hoopla. It was exciting. Then I drove home. I got a few hours sleep, dreaming of Harry Potter, and all the excitement of finding, finally getting the answers. I woke up. I had a few hours sleep, woke up. I, I was planned to drive up to my sister Sandy's house. She lived in Phoenix at the time, in Ahwatukee. So I called her. Back then, I didn't have a cell phone. I'd go, it's here, it's here, it's a Harry Potter time of year. I'm on my way. I hung up the phone. I drove up to Phoenix, and I was on radio silence. We had agreed we didn't want any spoilers to ruin our enjoyment of reading this last book. She wasn't going to turn on the TV. I wasn't going to turn on the radio. We weren't going to let it. We were focused. We were excited. 
I had or asked the minute we found out the date this book came out, I had asked for the weekend off. We had set the time together. We were ready. We had reserved our books at the bookstore up there. We set plans to meet a friend there, and we were set. I got there. She confessed when I got there that she also had actually driven out at 12.30 in the morning, around midnight, to see the excitement. But she also did not go in. We got to the bookstore a little bit early. We wanted to be there when it was first open. And we saw the pyramid of books. And they're like a golden color. Our friends showed up. We all had our books in our hands. This time, Sandy and I each got our own book. In the past, we had shared the books, and that did not work so well because one person would read something and say, well, wait, and you, and it didn't. So this time, we just had our own. We paid for our books. We went over to our favorite local IHOP. We took out our paper, and we wrote down, and we all wrote our, set our predictions about what we would thought would happen. And if you were familiar with the series, there's lots of unanswered questions, lots of things we wanted to know. And we all wrote our predictions down. We all said, what do you think? I still have that piece of we were going to read a little bit with our friend Natalie, but we realized she had a bit of a drive to get home, and we knew that once we got started, we might not want to stop. So it was like, for safety, Natalie, drive. Drive, Natalie, drive like the wind to get home. And she would read it with her family. Sandy and I went back to her house. We took our positions. Sandy was on the left seat. I was on the couch. We started reading. Now, we did encounter an issue early on. Oh, my God, no, you're kidding. We had some audible gasps. Well, this was a problem because the other one might not have gotten to this part of the book. So we made an agreement that we would keep the audible gasping. And what we did is if we got to something, we're like, oh, I didn't expect that. Oh, that's exciting. Oh, I love this. Anytime we did that, we said, let me know when you got to page so-and-so. And we read that, you know, and every time, almost after every end of chapter, we just stopped. We, oh. We were right. Oh, we were wrong. Oh, what's this mean? What's going to happen? We read all morning, took a little break, actually had a nap because neither of us slept much the night before. Went back to our books, then finally we even took a break for dinner. Did we dare go out of the house? Wasn't everyone talking about Harry Potter? We risked it. And I know some of you are not Harry Potter fans and think, what the heck is she talking about? But if you were immersed, you just would understand. We went out. We risked it. And we went to the restaurant. We didn't hear anything about Harry Potter. We went to a little store, went to the restaurant, took a break, sat down, got to the point in the book where we knew, by the way, if you watch the movies, the very first movie ended exactly where we stopped reading that time. Because when you get to this point, you can't stop. Exactly. I'm not going to spoil it. Harry Potter fans don't spoil it for other Harry Potter fans and those who are neophytes. But let's just say we stopped there. We knew in the morning we were going to wake up and we were going to finish that book and it was just going to be delightful. And we sure enough did. We woke up the next morning. We had a little snack. We read to the end. This is a very long book. And you're probably, wow. But we had so much fun. And when we finished reading it, we just shared. We looked at our predictions. And we just talked about how happy Harry Potter had made us. It's a historical event, and it really was. When I gave this talk at my Toastmasters club, they're like, historical? All right. Factually, in that first 24 hours of release, 11 million copies of that book were sold. 
11 million copies around the world. Talk about oneness, right? Talk about being a historical event that will probably never happen again. Certainly not in that way. We don't have bookstores like that anymore. It was historical, and we made the most of it. And it was something that made us smile. And my theme today is the transformative power of the smile and laughter. And this was especially significant for us because my sister Karen, our sister, had passed away on December 1st, 2006. So seven months later, we had this exciting thing happen. And during the time when Karen had been very ill for a while, and during and, and in that period of grieving, when Sandy and I wanted to smile, when we wanted to talk about something that took our mind off about our loss and the challenges and the transformation, we talked about Harry Potter. We had so much fun talking about Harry Potter. And that's the power of having things in our life that make us smile. Doesn't mean that that time wasn't really hard and challenging and sad in many ways. Doesn't mean we didn't cry. But when we wanted a break, we smiled. And that's what I want to talk about today. So I'm going to talk a little bit about why do we say laughter is the best medicine? And then also how it can be used as a spiritual practice, smiling and laughter. And then talk a little bit about the fact that we're not, what I'm not talking about is just put a smile on it and pretend that something's not happening. Not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking, we're not talking about denying facts. We're not talking about denying other feelings we might be having at the time. We're just not letting those facts have the last word. When I lost my sister Karen, it wasn't the last word in my life. I could still enjoy my life. We could still have moments of joy and happiness. I got to decide that. And if you were familiar with Harry Potter... One of the biggest themes in there is that his mother's love, his mother who had died, protected him and was always there. Talk about a theme that speaks truth to me. And then finally, I'm going to talk about how we can use this tool a little bit. I'll give you some suggestions. So, laughter is the best medicine. What is the power of a smile? So if you research this online, you will find all sorts of information about how powerful smiling is. We could do an advertisement about it. We could say, this is the tool that you, oh, okay, so, how would you like this? It reduces blood pressure. It strengthens your immune system. can be used as a pain reliever. It can connect you with empathy and connection with other people. It boosts your endorphins and makes you happy and reduces your stress level. That's all smiling and laughing if you add laughing into it. Laughing, because of the way our lungs are, that actually can mimic exercising and have the same benefit. Can you imagine? You know, laughing has the benefit of exercise. Isn't that a fact? I just love hearing that. I'm like, I'm going to start laughing more. So if we can bottle that up, we would really be selling something great, right? And then we add the spiritual aspect to it. 
And this is the part I really want to get to. Oh, and also, the interesting thing, and I found this in many different websites. Just, it's very simple. So just, you just go to smile. I felt they were all very reputable. And if you research it, I can show you It's Just lots of options and lots of things telling you. Smiling is good for you. The other thing that was very interesting was that smiling is good for you, whether it's authentic or not. Who knew? So they say that just by doing that, smiling, that action in your body releases endorphins. That your body, the body reaction, doesn't even know that you're not emotionally connected to it. Now, of course, we, we know in spirit and truth, the more we connect with truth and, and, and the real things to smile about, it's going to have more meaning. But there's power in smiling. Just even just fake it. Fake it. Fake it till you make it with smiling. So I thought that was super interesting. So smiling, even just kind of pressing a smile upon your face has power to help you. But where is the spiritual aspect? And this is really what I want to get into. So Nita has been talking about our affirmation. And for those of you who aren't familiar with it, we'll do it in a few minutes. We have an affirmation. And sometimes it can, and she's been talking about, we don't want it to be like a thing that we do without really giving it thought. And one of the things I've learned about denials, and denials are just those release statements, the erasing, letting go, and affirmations, is they're most powerful and most effective if we add feeling, if we really feel it. And this is something that is taught by Emmett Fox, who wrote Sermon on the Mount. He also wrote a little book called The Mental Equivalent. And this is what he said. So mental equivalent, he said, is when we hold, his whole idea is that we want to hold in our mental thoughts that which we want to create, not what we want to manifest. It's actually our our third principle. Thoughts tell a man manifest after the own or at least tend to. Now, we don't use this to beat ourselves up. We use it as a useful tool. If we're thinking something that we don't really want, then we try to substitute with a mental equivalent of what we want. All right? But it's most powerful if we put the feeling behind it. And what he says is that 99% of metaphysicians probably don't manifest what they want because they lack feeling. So like what he says here is in the in the book he says, they say, I am divine spirit. They might say it very robotically, right? We're all familiar with the robot voices. It's kind of a whole of robot. I am divine, you know, or what? I'm divine spirit. Alright, so that but they say it with no feeling, like he says. And then they say, but I have a terrible pain feeling, right? So he's saying if we're going to repeat truth, if we're going to use affirmations, we need to get into that place of truth, of, of you know, of feeling. So it is loaded. So that I am a terror plan is loaded with feeling, and so and, and what he would say, so they get pain, and so and, and we're not going to beat anyone up. Sometimes we have a pain, and we just say, I have a terrible pain. That's facing facts. Sometimes we do, but we can replace leaving all things behind. Oh, wait, I'm aware now. That was a moment of awareness. My claiming my pain. No, leaving all things behind. I realize I am strong, powerful, fearless, loving, free spirit. I am the infinite expressing of point I am. We can also say that with passion. We can also say that with a smile knowing the truth. In unity, we teach 
that there is one power, one presence, of which each and every one of us is an expression of. We tend to call it God, but you can call it whatever you choose. That is your right. And because language can be loaded, I don't know what that is for you. But you're free to call this power God, or you're free to call it Fred. That was my dad's name. I think it's a pretty good one, actually. That, so what does that mean? That means there's always something to smile about. Even because circumstances are going to come and go. Things are going to change. So we lost my sister Karen. But I know that she's always here. She lives in my heart. And she lives on as a being, I believe. I, because I believe we are eternal beings. We are eternal beings now. We are eternal beings after we let go of our human body. I might not be able to call her on the phone anymore, but I can still talk to her. I can still feel her love. So that's something to smile about. And I can talk to my friend Sandy at that time and and talk about Harry Potter stuff and know that's all right. And that just reminds me of the connection to her and that life moves on. And that's truth, too. So a smile is an important thing to do. Now, before I move forward there too much, I do want to explain that we are talking about having a healthy brain. This means that sometimes people go through trauma. It might be yourself, it might be a loved one, or we have maybe depression due to various reasons. We believe in doctors, we believe in medicine, and we also believe that sometimes when, when our loved ones walk through that, we simply we walk beside them and we hold them in the highest. We don't expect anything from them except to know that they know and have the wisdom and the strength as well. And we have the strength and wisdom to support them. So I don't want anyone coming out of here and saying, well, she just has to smile. And that's all we need. Alright? This is one of those simple but not easy. Sometimes it's hard to find our smile. I'm going to be showing a video in a few moments. And uh, then we're going to go into our uh, meditate, our, our affirmation, our meditation. And I'm showing this video because, and I know I've shared this before, but it's worth sharing. I went through a period a few years ago, just of I think due to just some grieving issues and transition problems, things I was going through, where I just I didn't have my smile. And I, you know, I, you might not have known it. I might have been able to fake a smile, which I guess did help me and but I, I just knew my smile was missing and I knew why and I knew it's just kind of a time I had to walk through and I, I'm going to show you a video in a minute and I just watch this every day and in and this just made me smile that's why I'm sharing it with you so even if there's just a nanosecond of remembering truth and because I believe that's what this video does for me of knowing my connection, knowing that there is, God stands under everything, good without God stands under everything, that I am peace in the midst of all matters, that I get to choose that again and again and again. This helped me in that situation. I was not clinically, I did not, I was not in a situation where I needed to go to a doctor. People need doctors, they need doctors. 
And we support and believe in that. And are, are grateful for the practitioners that do the work of God through man. So we're thankful for that. So this is why I'm sharing this with you. Because sometimes maybe you just don't feel your smile. But I have to say, just watching this, and maybe just deliberately, I watch this for about a month. Every day I turn it on, I start my day, and I watch it every day for a month. And I believe in the nanoseconds. I believe in the seconds. Think about truth. Think about the fact that we are saying each and every one is an expression of God, all. That we are in oneness. That we are internal beings. That we have all the wisdom we ever need. That we have infinite possibilities at our, our fingertips. That all the divine ideas we need, any problem, are available to us. If we know that for a nanosecond, it's powerful. And every time we smile, and I think we laugh, and we just kind of look at the world and go, wow, it's kind of a crazy world sometimes. I think, it's, I think that's a second where we're actually kind of bringing that in. That's what Robin Ryder teaches in her Sacred Abundance. She's a unity minister. And, you know, what she always talks about is, do I want more of this? So whatever we're paying attention to, want more of this. So anytime we deliberately bring into our lives things that make us smile and laugh, we're opening up that door. And then when we tie that to our affirmations and our our releasing and our affirmations, we might not recognize it then. We might not consciously know it. We might even say to ourselves, gosh, that was a waste of time. I'm here to tell you it's not. And we have friends who will hold the high watch for us anytime we get to that point where nothing seems to help. It's not. We are here for each other. So we're going to watch this video in a minute. Then I'm going to have us repeat the affirmation. So as you watch this, I'm hoping it makes you smile a little bit. And just as you watch it, it's about gratitude. So I want you to think, what are you grateful for? And it's called grateful for it all. I'm grateful for it all. Which means I'm grateful for every difficult challenge that brought me here. Every tear I cry. Every challenge in every relationship I have. Every person who has I stood on the backs, their backs and held me up. Every lesson I have learned, both intentionally and unintentionally. What are you grateful for? As you watch that, just touch into that space. Go ahead. Go ahead, Larry. If you get the lights.
way of sitting pretty Cause what I have is more than I deserve or could ever imagine How do I get back to all of this magic And spread the love so everybody can have it Doesn't matter if I'm rich or poor If I got a family or if I'm all alone Bad things happen, I can just complain and moan But there's a million things that I can be grateful for The small things that are bliss, the gift to realize that everything is a gift. Hopefully that made you smile a little bit. To me it just speaks to uh, our connection with the world. And just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people that we will never meet probably. That are smiling right now too, right? But we don't know that we're connected. And with that feeling in our heart, let's go ahead and just, uh, and if it's comfortable for you, go ahead and speak these words with us. This is our weekly affirmation. Releasing the things that are behind, I realize I am strong, positive, powerful, wise, loving, fearless, free spirit. I am the infinite, expressing at the point I am. I am peace in the midst of all matters. Amen. And now I'm just going to encourage you to just, if it's comfortable for you, close your eyes. Just take that feeling into your heart. Maybe if if it's comfortable, just maybe a gentle smile on your face. And just pause, and I'm just going to encourage you to uh, focus on something you're grateful for. Maybe just this moment of peace and quiet amongst friends. I know I'm grateful for that. I will allow a couple moments of quiet.
just as uh, we wind up this time of quiet, I'm just going to just let these words be written on your heart, releasing the things that are behind. I realize I am strong, positive, powerful, wise, loving, fearless, free spirit. I am the infinite, expressing at the point I am. I am peace in the midst of all. Just gently return your attention to the room. And if you could turn the lights back on for us. I mean, I'm sorry, I did it again. Larry, gosh, it's amazing. The, the training of the brain, you know, it's so interesting. Thank you, Larry. I will get it right. All right, so. There's something a little different. I appreciate you going along with me on that. What do we, so smiling is a tool, and it can be an affirmative tool. However, it doesn't mean that we deny the facts of our circumstances that are challenging. And I know if I ask each and every one of you, each and every one of you probably has circumstances in your life that may be less than desirable. You know, generally, you know, or something from the past that was less than desirable, or just that, that's a very natural, we believe in our humanness here. We are human beings. And we are spiritual beings having human experience. But the humanity of us is very important. What I'm going to say about that is that we, when we allow ourselves to smile, even in the midst of different circumstances, what we're doing is remembering truth. Whatever this is, whatever circumstance you're finding yourself, it is not permanent. We are timeless, eternal beings. We are timeless, eternal beings beings. What happens to us right now matters. It's important. But remembering our, the truth of our timeless, eternal, the truth of us that we each of us is God in expression, or that which we call in God in expression, is also happening. And every time we smile, we can remember that God stands under everything. And I make the stand for that. I am that right here. I can be peace in this matter. That's what I'm talking about. So I'll go back to the story I started with about my sister and I and enjoying Harry Potter. And thank you for indulging me. I wore my Harry Potter bracelets. I love Harry Potter so much. And I love Harry Potter just because it does just represent so many values that I appreciate. And obviously just the connection with others. And that really beautiful experience I had with my sister Sandy. Now at the time we did this, I didn't know that four and a half years later... I would also be, my sister Sandy would also be dying and going on to her next stage of being. So now when I talk about Harry Potter and that day, it has another layer now, right, for me? But it's a beautiful layer. Am I not going to tell that story anymore? Because there's tears along with the smiles. We're complex beings, human beings. We can cry and we can laugh kind of all at the same time. You ever done that kind of crying laugh? And that's okay. I think culturally, we have said this thing about that there are certain emotions that are good and healthy and desirable, and there's some that aren't. And that's just not the truth. I have probably even said it. I'm minded you shouldn't feel that way because we don't want other people to be hurt, right? I've probably said that. If I say it to you ever, just say, Susan, I can feel that's the way I feel. 
feelings come and go and come and go. I'm talking about the smiles, those laughters that connect us to truth. And the more we can deliberately bring that into our lives, the more we strengthen, leaving the things that are behind. The sadness comes from the loss. The sadness comes from the fact that I can't pick up the phone and call and talk about it. I can't hug. I can't do a lot of things. As as most of you, I'm sure all of us, have lost people that we can feel that about. But the truth lies in my memory. The truth lies in knowing that my thinking about that will connect with that eternal beingness of this other, my, my sisters, both of them. We are complex beings. There's no wrong feeling. We are not to stuff anything down. That is not healthy. We do not recommend it. And if you're just having a day and you just want to feel sad that day, then that is your day to feel sad. Alright? That's just your day to feel sad. It's simple, but not necessarily easy. But maybe when you come out of that, you're going to be ready to smile. And you're ready to leave it behind and affirm your truth. I am the peace of all matters. I am strength. We're not just saying this. This is the truth of you. I am wisdom. That is your truth. So if you're upset or concerned about circumstances and you don't know what to do, you have within you the way to discern. The answers are all inside of you. Believe me. It's the truth. And that's why we help each other out sometimes when we need reminders. So just that's what we're talking about. The facts just don't get the last stand. And when we can build in, because it's a practice, and when you can deliberately build in times to smile in your life, you're strengthening those affirmations. You're strengthening your releasing. So that's what I'm recommending to use as a tool. And I'm just going to talk a little bit about, there's a lot of ways you can do this. I realize I could do a whole seminar on this. I'm just going to talk about using your five senses. So your homework this week is to just build in some things to smile about. If, if, if you're feeling like it that day. Okay, and I just, this, this picture. So surround yourself with pictures that make you smile. Isn't that just that makes you smile, right? Maybe just a nanosecond. Maybe a nanosecond, but that's important. This is a picture of my family, and I just love it. My mom has desitin on her nose, which just cracks me up. And it's, I, probably they would not, and that's me on the little one with the bucket. My dad, my sister Sandy in the white, and then my sister Karen. We love looking for treasures of seas. Our favorite place in the world. Certainly not a stage picture, but this picture makes me smile. What are those things that make you smile? So put visually. What is that picture that will make you just put it somewhere? So visually. Then you can also use, oops, this thing makes me smile. This is the power of your sense. You can buy all sorts of essential oils now. You can probably buy almost any scent you want. Maybe it evokes memories. You ever go into a store, um, like Christmas time for me is a very evocative time. It really evokes a lot of emotions. So I remember shortly after my father had died, he died on um, December 22nd, when I went into Walgreens where I worked the year he died, all of my senses were just, I couldn't go in. Because of the smells, the sights. So that's an important thing. You can just what, smell something. What makes you smile? 
about music and sound. I have a very funny alarm clock I bought. I bought this alarm clock online, and the first time I set it, I wake up to the oh, 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 and then this whoosh, whoosh. And it was that was supposed to be the ocean sound. And I say supposed to be because the water sound like sounds like somebody's a swishing sound in a bathtub. And I absolutely love it. I did buy it with the intention. But I smile every time I hear this alarm clock. It is just the funniest thing. And it's a real cool synchronicity because I was actually looking for like an ocean sound on my phone. And then I got it on this alarm clock very randomly. So I wake up, oh, oh, and I like the ocean sound and then the, the swishing the swishing bathtub, which I guess is supposed to be the ocean, makes me smile. I smile every time I wake up to my alarm. Isn't that delightful? What are things that make you smile? What do you hear? What are those sounds? Our senses. All right. Maybe I, I, I knew someone who used to put a, 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 like a gratitude stone in their pocket. And when they touch it, it would remind them. Another person's hand, right? Use it. What, what makes you smile? What's a feeling that feels good to you? Build that into your life. And I love that picture. And then finally, taste. Taste. Taste is an important. It also evokes memories, right? It also evokes a feeling in you. Enjoy your food. Enjoy the nutrients. Enjoy the design of your body, which is designed to take food in and get all these wonderful nutrients so that you can function and live. Taste is amazing. So those are just some things. Pay attention to your environment. How are you using your senses to bring yourself to smile, to use that transformative power of a smile? That's the homework this week. Like I said, it's simple, not necessarily easy. If you're feeling like it that day, anytime, build those things in. Because in truth, there is always, always something to smile. Thank you very much.